and welcome to a very special edition of the Mayor on Air podcast. It's special for two reasons. First, we're here at Barber Motorsports Park, which means we are celebrating the one-year anniversary of the Mayor on Air podcast. Buzzkill, did you think we'd make it this far? Did not. Did not. Buzzkill Bryant's here with me. He's been here through the course. So it's very special in that sense. Also very special because we have a very special guest this week. It is none other than driver of the number 15. What is it this weekend? Are we taking shake this weekend? Are we? No, are we we're uh, we're my jack. I my think, jack. This weekend. You think? I feel like you should know. I this. change cars as often as I change my underwear. I think. <laughs> That's gross and true, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Mr. Graham Rail. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining Great. us. Thank you. Thanks um, for having me. Uh, yeah, we, we were joking about how you've never heard the show. Yeah. And well, how neither has any other guest that's been on it so far until after the fact, and they listen to their own, and that's about it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I apologize for probably, you know, hurting your feelings, but uh, for me, you know, every time I see it come up and it's like Elio or Kanan or somebody, it's that, you know, I, I hear them enough, so I don't really, need to, don't, li- I don't really need to listen any further, but... Uh, but I'll definitely listen to mine if that makes you feel better. Uh, yeah, a little bit. But you can that, that's the good news is we know that you can trash talk any driver you want because none of them are going to listen to it. You're the only IndyCar driver that's going to listen to the Except me, yeah. So, yeah. But you, I gotta I mean, be you trash talk me on text message. All, we yeah. trash talk each other on text all the time, so that's nothing different there. All right, so we're here. We're in Barber, Barber Motorsports Park, uh, but we've just come from Long Beach. Tell me about your Long Beach weekend. Well, it was a shame. You know, we I think we had one of the fastest cars all weekend, and we just didn't maximize the opportunity. On Saturday morning, uh, we were really we were right up front, and I was putting together a great lap and just trying to reach for more than probably I should have and hit the fence out of turn nine. And, you know, from that point on, it was kind of catching up. Qualifying was a bit of a mess, so we started in the back. And, and in the race, we had a really, really good car. But as you know, I mean, everybody was caught in this fuel-saving deal, and it wasn't a whole lot of fun. I mean, I, I you know... I legitimately don't know if I ever pushed 100% on a lap, and that's something I never thought I'd ever say in a race um, experience. But, you know, I think IndyCar can adjust a little bit for next year. We'll improve. But, yeah, I mean, just a lot of potential just didn't didn't reach it. Fair enough. It's Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. The, whenever you're stuck saving fuel the whole race, that's not racing, right? It's not what we want to do. It's not what the fans want to see. But we had no yellows, which is super yeah. rare for Long Beach. Yeah, it's not, not common at all. And, you know, I... I was half hoping they were just gonna throw a NASCAR yellow out there <laughs> and just, you know, just to help everybody and make it more interesting. But we should have just hit one of those cones in ten and chucked it on. I should have, yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. But uh, you know, it, it's um, we're gonna have to adjust that event, I think, a little bit. And I hope that they that, that IndyCar kind of looks at that event and looks at our remainder of events this year because we don't even want to see that again. And what I heard from a lot of guys, I don't know about yourself, but that their rear tires were going off badly and stuff, and so they just kept running in, you know, full lean mixture to save fuel, and it helped them. Well, I mean, you don't really want to see that either. If the tire's going to fall off, that's going to make the racing much more interesting. And it seemed like we had a lot of potential there, you know, with all those things combined, but we were, we just, when you're just cruising around trying to get a number, it's not a whole lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, it's easy for us to look at the distance of a race, know roughly what the fuel consumption's going to be, and then plan the distance so that way it's, a three-stopper if you run hard at the end, a two-stopper if you really take a risk, save a bunch of fuel, and get a bunch of yellow, and, and, and you have that. It's a risk. You yeah. have to be able to take that risk. If not, this guy's running out front, you know, balls to the wall. That's what we want to do. Yeah, and, and, and if you have a three, you know, that's an e- a fairly easy three, you're going to get a huge variation in strategy and make it way more interesting. Get a, get guys pitting, pitting you know, and only a few laps into the race, and you're going to get them that are going to wait and, you know, try to make their second and third since the shortest. But, you know, it's it's just uh, 
got a little work to do. We definitely know the mileage of these things. We know, you know, race lengths and how we can adjust it. And if you look at Long Beach, we, we had like an hour of TV time left after the race was <laughs> over. So it definitely could have been a lot longer. For sure. We, I, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up, you know, the, uh, the the talk of the end of the day, the controversy at the end of the race. What's your view on the, the pit line infraction there? You know, as far as I can see it, it's it's pretty well black and white. I mean, he crossed the line. Um, I think it's a penalty. Dixon also crossed the line early in the race. I think that was a penalty. It's, it's I don't know, it's really hard for me to say. Obviously, if I were in Pagano's shoes, I'd hope it wasn't a penalty. If I was in Dixon's, I'd be complaining too. But And we sat in enough driver's meetings to know that their, their position is they don't want to interfere with the racing as much as they can get away with yeah. not interfering with the racing. Especially, do you want to take a win away from a guy based on being six inches over a yellow line? And but, but does that... But does that extra few feet of radius that he got make a difference because I'll bet you he doesn't beat Dixon out without it in that particular case maybe but see that's that's where maybe the warning thing should come in right if he if he does that all by himself and he's five seconds in front, it doesn't do anything. It's yeah. like, hey, your, your wheel's crossed. That's not. Yeah. But if that had a direct impact on the outcome, which I, you could argue it did. Because I raced a lot of guys out of, you know, Newgarden and, and, and Hunter Ray and all these guys out of pit lane. And I guarantee had they crossed the line at all, like, I'm not sure I would have gotten by them. I mean, Newgarden, I got to the exit of one side by side, and, and he was extremely fair about it and stuff like that. But... It can make a difference. That couple feet of radius is a big thing. And, uh, you know, I think we just got to be cautious. And I said this to, to Pappas, and I love Max, but uh, it's got to be black and white. You know, I mean, obviously we don't want it becoming a, 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 sto- yeah, a mess there's again. Room for discretion, that's when they, they – they open themselves up to criticism. Yeah. All right, so that's Long Beach in the books. We're here in Barbara. You had a great race here to a podium, second place last year. How are you feeling about this weekend? Yeah, I feel decent. You know, we didn't have the best of tests here, but as you know, this place changes night and day, you know, based on who's running, the amount of rubber on the track. Temperature. It, temperature. I mean, it's crazy, this place. So um, I, I hope we can be very competitive again and, you know, try to uh, – Try to get a Honda up front. I would anticipate a lot of us, yourself, and I would anticipate the Andretti cars being much better here. So I think it's going to be pretty competitive, um, as it always is. Well, it'll be interesting Sunday, you know, do tires fall off again? You know, how, how do the cars respond? Because that's where, for whatever reason, my car is always good as the long run. We don't really ever have the outright fastest pace, but on the long runs, we're good, and that's what paid off last year. So... We'll see. What specifically in your setup do you think it is that uh, is helping that long tire pace? I'm asking for a friend. Is that yeah. a question? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Twitter question. Yeah, you know, I'm not really sure about that one. No, oh. I'm not sure. I think it's the driver, the right foot. You know, oh, no. the way course, the way <laughs> the way he applies throttle so smoothly, just so gracefully, so elegant with his application of something, throttle. Something like that. So uh, before we had to break, I always like to ask, excluding yourself, and for the sake of you. Not having to be embarrassed, excluding me. <laughs> Name your top. Predict a top three for uh, for this weekend. Oh, uh, well, I think Dixon's going to come here pretty ticked off. So I'd say he's got to be your favorite to win the thing. And he's come second here like 18. Times. Yeah, I know. And then you know you got to look at Newgarden. I would think I'll go. Do I, can I put myself in there? I said excluding you. No, and excluding, and excluding you. Okay, so if it's not you or I, I'm going to say. 
Dixon, Power, Newgarden. Dixon, that's pretty good. You got last year's winner. You got the guy that's finished like seven, 17 times in second place here, and Power, who's won from pretty much halfway down the grid here before. Yeah, pretty good. Now, before we head to break, I forgot to warn you about this. When we go to break, we like to give the guests a chance to introduce a song that's going to play during the break. So, do you have a song in mind? A little bit of music you want to hear to throw to break to? Let's uh, let's go with Bad to the Bone. You got that on there? Oh, we got that. We got that. We are doing Bad to the Bone. Compliments of Mr. Graham Rahal. Back with more Mayor on Air here on Sirius 212 XM209 right after this. James Hinchcliffe. We are back from Barber Motorsports Park, more with Graham Rahal. And Graham, this is what we call the second segment of the show. We just call it shooting the bleep. It's just, it's just you and me kind of shooting the bleep, talking about things, talking about life. And you've had a relatively big life change in the last year. I know it's been talked about, but tell me, I mean, what are we in? We're in, what, six, seven months of marriage now? I think I'm, uh, I think I'm about to hit six. Yeah. About to hit the big, the big zero six month yeah. mark. So what, how's married life treating it's, you? It's good, man. I, um, to be honest with you, you know, with with the way our schedules are, I, I still I, I see her the same amount. I I would say nothing's really changed because, <laughs> you know, our lives are just on the road pretty much. It's uh it's unreal how much we do travel, um, which is disappointing. But but yeah, it's been good. I mean, you know, the hardest thing, the, the most difficult thing you being married to, to Courtney is, is dealing with her dad. The rest of it's all <laughs> the rest of it's all like pretty darn easy, you know. So <laughs> what's your favorite John Ford story? That you can share on. Oh there. yeah, I got a few. <laughs> I got a few, but the first one, it, it probably the the best is uh, one day he and I are fighting. We're going at it <laughs> about prenups, right? Which is a sore topic for both of us, you know. And and I, I hate this, you know, this whole prenup thing. Like you're not even married yet. That yet all you're talking about is divorce. You're right. right? This is the way it is. <laughs> so I, I'm getting pretty you're frustrated. Stuff up. We haven't even married yet. He's going on and on and on, yelling and back and forth, and back and forth. And Courtney's, you know, in, in her in her uh, closet crying about everything. And 
John gets to a point and he says, you know what, I'll tell you what, if you want out, you can get out. Um, I've got, you know, i got a hundred guys that are lined up to take her if you don't want her. And I said, oh yeah, they haven't met you yet. <laughs> and, uh, and he just goes stone cold, like quiet, right? And all of a sudden, I just hear a chuckle, and he says, "Yeah, you're probably right." <laughs> but there's well, a lot of there, call man, them out. There's a lot of stories. I'll, uh, you know, we can do a whole episode. Yeah, I'm not sure. We'll we should. We'll do, a year from now, we'll do the John Ford special and see what it's like. Maybe, have, maybe at the one year anniversary. That's a can of worms for sure. Okay, so. While we're on the topic of, uh, of stories of, uh, you know, prominent figures in your life, you know, your team, obviously owned by uh, your father, Mike Lanigan, and, and David Letterman. Do you, do you have a cool Letterman story that people don't know? Well, I mean, um, Dave, uh, obviously, is an interesting guy, you know, and when he comes, when he doesn't, he just shows up on a whim, and then he kind of disappears sort of thing. He was at Long Beach with us, which is really cool. Um, you know, probably the first real memories I had with him is, uh, I want to say, like, 93 for Indy, something like that, sitting up in, in the team suite, and um, and he's quizzing me. Every car goes by. Who's that? What's the you know? What's their name? Who's their sponsor? And as a kid, you know, I was just addicted to this stuff. I know. I just everything I did was just uh, following every driver, and I had to memorize. And I nailed I nailed his quiz. I got the whole thing. But uh, that was probably the most time I've ever spent with Dave, like just one on one. I was only four or five years old because. You know, nowadays I think people underestimate how busy he is, and even he's retired now, but he's still, you know, I heard him talking the other day about all the stuff he's doing, charitable stuff and what, I mean, I, I don't get the sense that he's any... He's not slowing down Yeah, I mean, he did tell me he's not missing the show at all, which he said he's shocked. He thought he was really going to gonna be missing being on TV, and he said that he hasn't missed it one bit, which is kind of cool, but... Um, That's good. It means it was the right time to stop. Yeah, it was, yeah. But he's doing plenty of other things. Very cool. Plenty more. So everybody knows you're a car guy. Yeah. You buy sweat. You buy, sell, trade, swap, whatever. Big, big car aficionado. But I've heard that there's one car in your collection that you will never, ever, ever sell. My mini. Your mini. My mini. Tell us about the mini. '64 mini mini Cooper S. Uh, originally South African car. Ended up in Bowling Green, Ohio. And uh, I don't know. Okay. So, Would rather not know. So I went up there um, when I was 16. I had to do in, in my high school. You had to do a senior project, and you had to spend 100 hours uh, doing something you were passionate about, but kind of a learning process. And uh, so I decided I was going to restore a car on my own completely. And uh, I bought this thing, and uh, well, Dad bought this thing, and for like three grand, you know, they they weren't worth very much then. Was it in bad condition? It wasn't that bad. It wasn't that, it bad. Wasn't that bad. And you I drove the thing it. home, and never forget, my girlfriend was dying, laughing, following me home because to adjust the passenger side mirror, I just reached across outside <laughs> the car, tilted the mirror down, and off we went. Right, but uh, it's it's my baby. I don't get it out enough. I'm hoping to bring it to India in May, but. She's uh, she's dark blue, silver roof, silver mirrors. The interior is all dark blue, and I probably need to change the interior back to more kind of an original look. But uh, it's got a 1275 high output engine in it now, and it's seriously it's like too nice to drive. It kind of bothers me, but I absolutely love that thing. And tell me, it took you more than 100 hours to get it where you wanted it. It took me several hundred yeah, hours. That's, that's what I, I mean, I was. At 100 in the first week, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, what am I doing? I'm up till 3, 4 a.m. working on this thing. But the best part was my brother, Jared, who you know, Jared. Yeah. When we, he's a pretty big guy now, but when we uh, had to move that thing to take it to get painted, I just stood in the engine bay 
lifted straight up. He got in the back, grabbed the back of it, and we could pick the body up and just walked it onto the trailer and set it down because the thing weighs. It's definitely not something you'd want to be hit by a semi or something. Uh, there's not a whole lot of things that I would want to be hit okay, by. Okay, you wouldn't want to be hit by a smart car in that thing. <laughs> so. so you'll never sell it, you'll keep it for life. Yeah, it's a lifer, I think. It's, it's a, a lifer. lifer. It's just too connected. Do you, do you have a car that you sold that you regretted selling? Yeah, absolutely. I've got a few, but um, probably... Um, Probably my 918. Porsche. Everybody's heard about the 918. That's yeah, like 918's the one that, that it was the biggest reach for me to buy it, to afford it. But uh, but I got really lucky and I sold it. And uh, I just sometimes things are more valuable than money. You know, like the memories of that car for me were spectacular. But you know, over the years, like even my first car, my STI Subaru STI that I had. I, I had more fun in that thing I could possibly tell you, and I know the guy who has it. It's in Iowa, and I gotta one of these days, one, day. one of these days. But it's you also uh, blew that thing up a couple times. Uh, f- five, yeah, <laughs> five times, yeah. But, but who's counting? Yeah, but uh, Didn't your dad blew it up once. Yeah, he blew it up the first time. <laughs> so I only did four. But uh, but no, man, you know it's kind of a business for me. It's a hobby. You know, I love buying and selling and flipping and and doing all that stuff, and it's been good to me, you know, uh, over the years. But Someday, two dream cars be Career GT again. I'd like to have one in the collection, and a Ferrari F40 is the is the ultimate. I saw you just post about the ultimate. Yeah, that's a pretty that's a pretty solid car. You've got, um, I would like to think, two very big wins on what would be your win bucket list checked off in my mind with the Rolex 24 and obviously winning in Mid Ohio. Yeah, winning winning the home race, negating the 500 because that's an obvious one. What's another race that you would just love to win? Probably Long Beach would be one that's kind of uh, that I'd like to get in the books. It's got that history too. Road America would be pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, I'd say those are the those, those are the are two, two probably most important. I mean, Boston's gonna be a heck of a race. Toronto would be fun. I know that's the one you probably want to get in your you know, with with my dad winning the first there. You know that'd be cool. I mean, there's a lot that would be cool, but Mid Ohio for me. Was more than more than anybody could imagine because that that race is was pretty special. I guess Sebring 12. If you want to look at the broader picture, yeah. Sebring 12 hours Le Mans. Le Mans. I'd like to do Le Mans okay. someday. I'd like so to get do back it. into some sports car stuff and win some yeah, more of the big someday. ones. Someday, very cool. All right, we're gonna take another quick break. We're gonna need another song from you though. Oh man, uh, let's do. Uh, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna go really really tacky and do some Adele because my wife made fun of me on Twitter the other day about my. So you can just Adele. pick your Adele song, okay? Adele? I don't Wait, care. Oh, we can, just play some Adele. We're going to do some old school. We're, we're rolling in the deep. We're That's fine. Rolling in the deep. That's Adele, great. Adele, rolling in the deep in honor of Graham Rahal. Back more with, more with Graham. I'm James Hitchcliffe, the Mary Hitchdown Marinaire, Sirius 212 XM 209. There's a fire starting in my heart, reaching a fever pitch, and it's bringing me out the dark. Finally, I can see you crystal clear. Go ahead and sell me out and I'll lay your ship back. See how I'll leave with every piece of you. Don't underestimate the things that I will do. There's a fire starting in my heart. Reaching a fever pitch and it's bringing me out the dark. The scars of your love remind me of us. They keep me. 
back. That was Adele. Compliments to Mr. Graham Rahal, who apparently loves singing Adele. See, I thought... I'm not good. I'm not good, but you know... Well, you said your wife's pretty good. Carpool karaoke, sometimes you gotta get in there and just let it rip. Mike, see, when you said, hey, look, we're gonna do something Adele, I thought it was gonna be, and then you said, you start talking about your wife, I'm like, oh, this is super sweet, he's picking no. a song that his wife likes, he's like, no, no, she hates that I love this stuff, that's so amazing. that's what I'm going for. I felt better, though, because I got a lot of texts from, like, guys that were like, you know what, I love Adele, too. You know, so, she's incredible. You know, she's an incredibly <laughs> talented artist and musician. I, I think she is amazing. I'm 100% in support of your Adele love affair. Okay. Uh, we're heading in now to third, final segment of the show. We do a little something we like to call trick or tweet. Okay? So what, what that means is you have the choice. You either get to perform for me and the listening audience at home an elaborate, prop-filled magic trick, or you can answer some questions from fans from Twitter. Yeah, I think I know which one I'm going to do. I'll just answer some questions. Ah. <laughs> Who, who's done a trick for you yet? So far, nobody. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like, anyway, anyway, so yeah. One day, I think somebody thought that I was going to do a trick. I think Will thought I was going to do a trick. Who was that, Buzzkill? I think it was Will. I think it was Will. He is, he is easily confused. <laughs> Very. And I can say that because he's never going to hear this podcast. Very easily. So, <laughs> again, this is, this is the Mayor on Air Series 212XM209, but if you're listening, you probably already knew that. These, of course, are also available on iTunes uh, for your viewing, listening pleasure. All right, so we're going to go to some fan questions now. Uh, Tim would like to know, what's your favorite golf course? You're a big golfer. Yeah, big golfer. I would say um, probably... My home course, uh, probably Wolf Run in India up north is probably one of my favorites, but it's the hardest. I mean, it is not, it's my favorite because it's challenging, but it's it's not that fun to play at. <laughs> <laughs> I totally understand that. <laughs> but actually, the Brickyard is really cool. So for any fans that want to go play, like seriously, check out the Brickyard. It is it is a heck of a golf course. There you go. Do you have any bucket list golf courses? Yeah, I mean, um, I've played at Pebble and stuff, uh, Pebble Beach when I was a kid. Because uh, my dad's good friend lives there when they used to go to Laguna, but I was young, you know. So for me to get back and play all those would be would be great. Can I can I can I admit something to you? Yeah. I'm not super proud about. Um, I'm I'm not a golfer. Yeah, I, think I can I knew that. that. Yeah, uh, and I avoid having to play golf every opportunity that I possibly can. In my lifetime, I have played. I can tell you this, and honestly, I've played three rounds of golf in my life. I know, yeah. One of them was with Alex Figgy out in Denver, and the other two were at Pebble Beach. Yeah, I thought you were going to say that. So with Hunter Ray last yeah. year. So yeah. 66% of my golf games rough. It's rough. Are, at, are at Pebble Beach. It's rough. Wait, there's a couple <laughs> big golfers on my team. Some of my crew guys are really big golfers, and it just, they hate it. Yeah, it makes, makes it bad. <laughs> so, and I'm like, oh, have you guys played... Oh, you haven't played Pebble? Oh, you guys should really try yeah. it. It's a great. It's a nifty course. Yeah, geez. it's really sweet. It's really, really swell. But oh, honestly, do I go? I golf sometimes, but honestly, I say two out of three times I play at Pebble. Like I, most, most <laughs> of the time, I play at Pebble. I don't play many other places. It gets. Hey, you gotta pick up golf, man. Let me tell you something. My dad, when I was a little kid, said to me, Graham, if you can learn to play golf. Business. You get more sponsor deals Business. done on the golf course. I know. And I was like eight years old. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I don't really care. My dad told me the same it's thing. It's the I truth, though. You're 100% right, yeah. man. So much business gets done. Courtney like, says to me the other day, will you, will you teach me how to play golf? Yeah. I'm like, oh, why is that? Because we had just had a sponsor me, and the guy's like, let's go play golf. And she's like, uh, 
I, yeah. Look, Cor- Corey and I are gonna get together. We're gonna we're gonna rent your services. We're gonna we're gonna do it. We're gonna do a clash. You're gonna be our, our teacher, and you can teach me golf. All right. From uh, Griff. Griff wants to know if you win the Indy 500, can my group of six come party and celebrate? I'll even wear a Buckeyes hat. Also, what's your favorite beer of choice? Favorite beer of choice is. Uh, well, hold on, all. can can yeah. can Griff and his people? Well, I'm thinking beer partying. Yeah, sure. I mean, sure, Griff. I don't, you know, I don't really know the arrangement. Gr- Griff plus five. I, you're on the list. Yeah, <laughs> Griff plus five. We'll just get you with Emma Dixon. I think she's the one in <laughs> she's charge. She's the wristband holder. She's the one in charge. She's the gatekeeper. Um, favorite beer is uh, is Kona Brewing Company, which is owned by Budweiser. Um, so Budweiser sponsor of ours. I haven't had the the Hinchtown. Ah. <laughs> Yeah, I've got but some here. I've got some on the Kona Brewing Company, which is owned by Budweiser, just so everybody's clear. Uh, <laughs> it's spectacular. Is Give it, it a shot. I have not had that one. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a beer guy. I'll bring so. you some because the Budweiser guys are going to drop off about 100 pallets to the house. So Perfect. We'll, uh, we'll I'll trade you some. some hammer down for some of that. How's that sound? Perfect. All right. Uh, what's the best thing about being married to someone who's a member of the fastest family in the world? Asked Jared. What's the best part? Well, there's got to be a family of fighter pilots or something out there, so I'm not... <laughs> You're not entirely sure. I'm not the sure they're the fastest, family. but... Um, you know, it's interest- it is interesting. Uh, the way that they operate and stuff is very different than the way I grew up um, with my dad, but... Uh, but I get it. I understand it. You know, you've never met somebody that breathes, sleeps, dreams, everything, racing as much as John Ford. I mean, literally, they're, they're, if, you, if you spent two days with them, you'd realize there is nothing else in life but racing to John Force. And so he does it. The three girls do it's, it. It's life. The, the son-in-laws all do it. It's life. I told him, I said, John, let's take up a hobby. Let's go. You know, why don't we get you to do something? And he's like... Yeah, no, no, no. I just, I just want to go racing. I just want to go. I'm like, man, you know, I get it. I get it because we all love it. But there's also deep down inside me, there's a point where we got to do something other than racing too. <laughs> and you've got okay, so you've got hobbies outside of racing. John maybe doesn't. Does Courtney? What's what Cor- are Courtney's hobbies? She likes shopping and you know, jewelry. <laughs> and those are great. Those are bad <laughs> hobbies for you. Great hobbies. for No, her. I mean, you know, Cor- Courtney's pretty, pretty smart. She's pretty switched on. Right now, her focus, I'll say, is is definitely racing because that's what her dad kind of puts upon them, and and they love it. I mean, she she is. Jeez, she's one of the most competitive human beings I've ever been around. But uh, that's got to make some interesting dinner time conversations. But two super competitive people. Oh man. But uh, but no, I mean she's. Uh, I think she she loves actually honestly she loves baking. She wants to start a bakery someday, which there you go. sounds like a great concept. I'm not sure my waistline agrees with it, but uh, <laughs> the rest of it sounds pretty good. <laughs> hey, I'll join in on that. I'll help you consume some of the product. All right, Dustin uh, asked like a, a lot of things, a lot of stuff going on here, but I'm going to pick something out of what he said to get your opinion on. Um, long story short, Indy, Indianapolis Motor Speedway used to have the apron. Yeah. You were allowed to go below the apron, kind of kind of made the racing a di- different dynamic. He understands that it was taken out for safety purposes, but would you ever race, would you want to race Indy with the apron? Yeah, I think the apron would be fine. It would be good to get rid of the grass um, probably anyway. The, the initial, you know, the part that's just right, right next to us and uh, – you know, I mean, the thing people never realize is that the cars were cornering at 100 and, you know, 70, 80 miles an hour, 90 miles an hour then, not two 
dirty like ours do now. And those cars just had so much power and, and so little drag, they could accelerate so quick. So when, you know, if we were kind of going those sort of speeds, you could probably run the apron too. But with the speed we run now, as you know, you just spin like a top if you, if you went down on the flat. Now I understand the apron wasn't flat. So, but there know, was a hinge, it wasn't less There bands. was a little hinge uh, point. So it'd be good to go back to it though. I mean, honestly, I'm all about tradition. I like it. I want to make the passing and make the, the, the racing even better. But Indy hasn't been a place that's lacked good racing in a long no, time. So you are right. You know, maybe we don't need to fix what's not broken at this point. But um, you know, it, so it always did last, make it always did make for exciting racing. Two of the last three years, we've broken lead change records. Yeah, I mean, so we're doing something right. Yeah, something's going okay. Fair enough. All right, that is our time with Mr. Graham Rahal. Thank you so much for being a guest on the show. Thank you, sir. We appreciate the input. We appreciate the candidness, the stories, and uh, we wish you all the best this weekend in Barber. That is it from me, James Hinchcliffe. I am the mayor. This is the mayor on air, Sirius XM, Sirius 212, XM 209. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you guys next time.